Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from 1 Peter to add on to the other text that we have today that talks about how we're to give our lives to the Lord. And as we talk about that, you know, the word is used stewardship, and that's kind of an ugly word, and we think, I don't want to be a steward, and I don't like stewardship, but it's not always about giving money. It's God wants you to be happy. And so what does God say? In order for you to be happy, learn how to give. Don't cling to your stuff, don't cling to yourself, and don't be selfish. As you learn to have a giving heart, God will bless you, and it'll bring you joy. It'll bring you peace and contentment. So many people don't believe that, and so they cling so selfishly to the things, and God says, don't cling, don't cling to these things on earth. Read, your, read Ecclesiastes, I mean, read our Old Testament lesson, it's very clear there. But in 1 Peter, Peter writes, each of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides, and so it is with all things that God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And dear friends of Christ, you know, we all know people who are incredibly talented, and sometimes those very talented people are arrogant, and they brag, and they think they're better than everybody else, but it seems God just dumped a whole lot of talent into a small place, and these people have all kinds of stuff. I, I think of, uh, you know, there, and it's true, there are people who have more brains and more skill. Take, for example, Helen Trouble. She's a concert soprano, but she also has written two mystery novels. I mean, you know, to, be, to excel so greatly in one area and then to excel so greatly in another. Thomas Jefferson was the third president of the United States, but he was more than that. He was also a, a science farmer. He also was the author of the Declaration of Independence, and of course he was a lawyer. So many things. How can, how can one person do so many things in, in their life? But the one who takes the cake is Martin Luther. Martin Luther wrote, you should see my library. Almost half my library are the writings of Martin Luther. It's just incredible the amount that the man wrote. And he was a great theologian, and he was a leader of the Reformation. And not only that, he was an expert in his Bible languages, so he could read the Bible in its original language, Greek and Hebrew. Just open up the Hebrew and read it. Just open up the Greek and read it. That's incredible. And very few people are able to do those kinds of things. But he was, he was, he was that talented. And a hymn writer on top of all that, all that talent. Sometimes God loads people with talent. Sometimes those people use the talent, like Martin Luther, for the glory of God. And sometimes people don't. They use it for their selfish gain. But God always has a plan, whether He gives you a lot of talent or whether, whether you just are you, God has a plan for you. And so let's consider our theme Using our talents for God's glory. You know, God has given gifts to every human being on earth. They are here for a reason, to touch somebody. And every human being does. He's made everyone useful, and we all have <coughs> someone to reach out to, gifts, talents, abilities to use in this face of the earth. The, God ha the gifts that God has given you 
makes up who you are. It makes up how God plans to use you to His glory on this earth. So how do you use what God has made you to be so His glory can shine through you? Do you understand that? Do you understand the concept? He has chosen you for that very reason. He made you the way you are for a very specific reason so that you can help somebody else with the gifts that God has given you and that you not keep them selfishly locked up. God has put people in your life that only you can serve because only you are in those people's lives. Only you have that influence. And God knows only you have those gifts and abilities, those unique gifts to come into play in those people's lives. The only person you can reach for God has been placed in your life. And how are you doing that? Do you understand you've been called to do that? Do you understand it's a responsibility as a Christian to do it well? And do you understand that if you do it well, there, there's joy that God gives you? Because you're not all caught up in pleasing yourself, and you're not caught up in your selfishness, and you're not caught up in, in how everybody else is loving you, but you learn to be giving. You learn how to have a servant heart. God doesn't he gives you responsibilities, but He doesn't overload you with responsibilities. Maybe sometimes you feel that way, though, that God overloads you with responsibilities, but, but He doesn't. He gives you what your gifts and what your abilities can handle. He gives you exactly what He wants you to have so that you can help somebody, so that you can help people out, help the church out, help our community out, your talents and your gifts are uniquely different than anyone else sitting in this, in this sanctuary today. You are you for a reason. God, God intends to use you the way He's placed you into this world. So how do you think God wants to use you? Have you ever thought about that before? How does God... What do you, why are you here? How does God plan on using you how is he using you to touch somebody? Have you thought about that? You should. How does he use your life to use your talents to the glory of God? St. Paul gives us some advice. First of all, he tells you to be humble. Okay, Be humble about the gifts God has given you. Uh, to use then the things that God has given you to glorify his life humbly and not, not to brag about it, that you might serve him. Um, you know, it's not all about you. It's not all about uh, using your gifts and talents to make you happier or to make you a better person. Don't brag about yourself. Don't build yourself up. Paul wrote, what are you so puffed up about? What you do, what, what do you have that God hasn't already given to you? And if all you have is from God... Why do you act as if you're so great and as though you've accomplished something on your own? You know, in the parable of the talents, uh, Jesus commended those servants who used their talents wisely and put them into use in the community. He praised the servants who got it. They, they got it. 
that they had a purpose here in this life and they rejoiced in their purpose. And he praised the servants who didn't brag that they were better than everybody else. Those servants who, who, didn't, who didn't put themselves and brag about all the things that they'd done and, and who understood that God created them for a purpose that their lives might bring glory to God and that they were servants. And to those who were faithful, Jesus said, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. And then there were those people who were unfaithful, those people who didn't get it, those people who don't understand, or, or they just don't want to listen, or they're just too stubborn, or too thick-necked and refuse to care, who fail to use their talents because they're selfish, and it, it's all about them and what they're collecting, and, and they're going to use the things that God gave them for their own glory. And to them the Lord said, you wicked and lazy servant. So God expects us to use our gifts to His glory, doesn't He? Our lives are to glorify our Heavenly Father. And, and He gives us all kinds of different talents in our lives. He gives, he gives leadership. He gives generosity. He gives uh, hospitality. He makes some of you great mechanics. Uh, he gives other of you creativity. And so many, so many others. Some of you are encouragers. So many gifts, so many talents. Uh, ways that we can... Uh, he gives us to help so that we can help others around us. Uh, maybe, maybe you can't sing, but you can tell other people about your God. And, and maybe, maybe you can't teach, but you can, you can write a letter encouraging somebody. You can make a phone call when somebody's hurting. You can visit with them. You can go visit somebody in the hospital. There's something you can do for somebody who needs to be lifted up. And you have, you're here for a reason to do that. God has given us gifts. But they're not given so that we can use them selfishly. God has given us gifts. But they're not here so that we can serve ourselves and make ourselves better. And make ourselves great. They're not given so that we can make more money. So that we can be more successful. They're not given so that we can be more desirable. No, as Christians, you know as Christians, God's given us a choice. Are we going to be self-centered or God-centered? In your life, are you going to be self-centered or God-centered? Are we going to use our lives to promote our own selfish interests or are we going to use our lives to promote the interests of God who are all the people around us? St. Paul reminds us what's best. He says, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. And Jesus said, from everyone who has been given much, much more will be demanded from him. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked of him. What's the Lord asking of you? How much has the Lord given to you? You know, when we look at our lives, we must never approach things the way Moses did. And, and Moses made all kinds of excuses. Do you remember that back in Exodus when God said, I want you to go free my people, let my people go, and 
Moses was full of reasons why God should pick somebody else. And, and, and he said, Lord, my life can't bring you glory. You've come to the wrong guy. You don't seem to understand. Um, no one knows who I am. I'm a nobody, and I don't have any abilities to lead your children out of Egypt. I can't lead. I could never do that. <coughs> That's not what I am. My tongue doesn't work. I can't speak in front of a group of people. How am I supposed to do that? You know I can't do that. And I don't have any experience. And even if I did have experience, the people wouldn't believe me. I'm too young. No, no, you need to ask somebody else. You can find somebody else that's more capable. You can find somebody else who's more talented than I. Sound familiar? Those words ever come out of your mouth or run through your mind? Lord, pick somebody else. I'm too busy. Got too much going on. But in spite of all of Moses' excuses, God humbled him, showed him the way, and Moses became the great leader that led the children of Israel out of the promised land. God had a plan for Moses. God has a plan for you. But he can't use that plan unless we make ourselves available to accomplish his purpose and let our, let our gifts and, our, and the things in our lives bring him glory. Scripture is filled with examples of how God turns ordinary people and uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways. For, your, for example, you have um, that stammering, stuttering, tongue-tied Moses, and he led the children of Israel out of the promised land. You had Peter, who was arrogant and, and uh, uh, impulsive, denied Jesus, cursed him, and yet the Lord later humbled him, humbled Peter. And Peter was the one who built the early church. From the very beginning, God has been pouring out His life, pouring out His life to each one of us to fill us up so that we can fill others up. He created us in His image, in His image, to care for one another, to be like Him in every way. And then He came to redeem us. He came, He sent His Son to pay the price to, to forgive us, to, to give us eternal life so that we can become a people, so that we become a people with a purpose, the people of God, not just here for all eternity. He gave us His Son that we might live and that we might know that joy of giving, not that we might just live as forgiven children of God and say that's sufficient for me to be a forgiven child of God, but to be as that forgiven child of God, a person in His kingdom that God can use for His glory. That you are in Christ and you're a representative of Christ on this earth with responsibilities. And God has invested in us. He's invested in us. He invested his son, and he gave not money, not silver or gold. He paid the price. He came to earth. He bore our sin. He invested in us. And he said, I'll save the sinners, and I'll teach them to love one another, and I'll teach them how to be a reflection of me. And God gives, and he loves, and then he teaches us his commandments to love 
those. God wants a return on his investment. He gives us talents and skills and gifts, abilities, and he expects us to use them to serve God and serve each other. So how about you? When you, when you take your money and you invest it in the stock market or in mutual funds, do you expect a return in your investment? Of course you do. God does too. However, sometimes he gets a very poor return on his investment. And those people who are unfaithful to those who just don't get it, to those who maybe just refuse to care or they don't want to listen, who fail to use their talents to the glory of God in their lives, the Lord says to them, you wicked and lazy servant. You find no joy in your life, do you? But sometimes God's pleased with the investment that He placed in His children. And those people who are faithful, those servants who get it, those servants who use their talents wisely, those servants who don't brag about who they are or what they've done, those servants who don't think they're better than everybody else, who understand that the gifts that, they, that God has given them has been given that their life might simply bring glory to their Lord. And Jesus says to them, well done, good and faithful servant. Last night at our school auction, we were all humbled with the announcement that somebody had donated matching funds to the tune of $60,000. And they're anonymous. They don't want anybody to know who they are. What a humble way to glorify the Lord. And what an example to us. Now, God doesn't expect that kind of gift from you. I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to humbly then say, well, gosh, pastor's sure expecting a lot out of me. No, God has given you gifts. He created you for another purpose. To touch people in another way but you get the idea of faithfulness. Well done, good and faithful servant. God uses imperfect people to do great things for him. Thomas, you know, he's known for being doubting Thomas, and yet he got past that, that doubt. He got past that unbelief. The Lord humbled him, and Thomas was <laughs> committed to his Savior in great and powerful ways. St. Thomas, I mean St. Paul, he killed Christians. He opposed Jesus. And yet, God humbled him, struck him blind, put him on his knees, made Paul cry out, Lord, have mercy upon me. And when Paul woke up and when Paul could see, he saw the Lord and he dedicated his life to serving that Christ to using all his gifts and talents, and Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Christians understand that God has created us to do something. No, you may not be Paul, and you may not be Thomas, but God has created you to use your talents to bring him glory. But sometimes, sometimes we don't think we're all that important. 
And we make excuses the way Moses did. And sometimes we just simply don't want to serve in his kingdom. We want God to pick somebody else. And when we think that way, when we think we're insignificant, when we think we don't matter, when, when we think we don't have a purpose and we don't have a plan, that's when we need to hear the gospel again. That's when we need to hear that God loves you, that God cares for you, that God is always there for you and He always has been. And God has a purpose for you and a plan for you. And that He laid down His life for you. And He redeemed you from the power of sin with His precious blood. And that you're precious to Him. And He'll live with you forever. And he's going to come again someday to raise your body from the grave, to give you that reward of faith, to place you in his new kingdom and the new earth and in the resurrection of your new body, to keep his promise to you and to live with him forever. We need to remember that. Our God is faithful. He's faithful to us. And we, when we let God use our lives for his glory... He takes our meager blessings, those things that He's given us, to humbly put into service in His kingdom, and He blesses them, and He multiplies them. And in the process, we become a blessing to those around us, and God can use us. There's, there's no time, my friends, to be lazy. There's no time, my friends, to be bored. This is the kingdom of God. There's no time to sit back and say, let somebody else do it. Each of you have received a gift from God, a pledge. God has a plan that you might serve Him and touch the people that God put you on this earth to touch. And Jesus is a perfect example of this kind of serving, isn't He? He came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom payment for all our sins. He isn't interested in getting credit. He isn't interested in getting ahead for Himself. He wasn't even interested in what it would cost him. He just simply did it. Gave his life to save his enemies. To save you and me. And as we hear the message of God's love in Christ, we're strengthened to serve. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.